are here. We are ready to rock and roll. We're here to do some DFS. We have week six upon us, folks, and it is Friday night. But guess what? Guess what? There's something even more crazy that's happening outside of this week six slate that has zero games above a 50 point over under, right? It's yeah. Jacob Sanderson coming on to the big tilt to make his, his big reemergence into the player profiler streets. Jacob, what's going on, my friend? How are you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to be back on the player profiler airwaves, um, especially to be back with you. I mean, we've we've been doing shows now under several different names for several years. We've done, well, we've done Dynasty Intervention. We've done Fantasy Intervention. Uh, I think there was a while where our show just didn't have a name. We were just kind of testing new names out every week. Uh, of course, we did the big tilt here last year. So this is this is a blast from the past, and it's always a pleasure. Um, I know it's tough because I work and I'm on Pacific time. So uh, the the ability to do YouTube shows at 7 Eastern time is, uh, is compromised, but I'm glad we were able to make it work for this one. Um, so I'm happy to be on here. No, man, I'm excited to have you on. This is big time. This is big time because last year, I mean, we came out swinging, right? We were hitting almost every single week on on the majority of our lineups. We had the chemistry, right? We, we knew what each other was looking for, and we knew when to shut the other person down, right? Like, you'd be like, Chase, you're crazy. We're not playing that. I'd be like, Jacob, you do not want to go up against this defense formation. And it, it just worked. It worked, right? Well, we're going to come at you today. For all those listening, we're going to come at you with some of the best lineups you, put, you can put together. On our docket, we have three different lineups that we're going to do. In between each lineup that we, we do, we're going to go ahead and tell you some of our studs that we're going to go with, our, our stacks, the, the guys we really want to build our lineups around. Then we're going to tell you some of the guys we want to fade, You know, some of those chalky options potentially that we don't think are going to hit, or some of those you know waste of space options. <coughs> Chuba Hubbard. <coughs> uh, or we're going to end up going, or I should say, and we're going to end up going through our sleepers to finish out the show. We're going to build three different lineups, which you guys can take with you as the skeleton to your lineups to build your own. So make sure you guys stay tuned for those. Jacob, are you ready to rock and roll, man? Ready to rock and roll. All right, let's do this. Oh, man, it is so nuts, Jacob. When was the last time that you remember not having a 50-point over or under on, on the, the main slate? I mean, it doesn't happen often. I, I cannot recall it for a while. Um, I'm sure it happened once or twice last year, but it's tough, man. I mean, we had the Chiefs off the main slate. We have the Bills off the main slate. We have a couple teams that are on by this week. And, you know, a lot of the other fun offenses that we like to invest in, they're playing not so fun offenses that we don't want to invest in. Or the fun game is on Monday night, right? It would be really nice if we had Dallas and the Chargers in the slate, but we don't. And, of course, Philly's playing the freaking Jets. <laughs> Miami's playing the freaking Panthers. So it's, it's going to be uh, it's an interesting week. Yeah, I mean, the two games that actually do have an over under of 45, 48 and a half points, are sitting at 13.5 is the, the spread for that one and, yep. and seven is the spread for the other so it's not it's not pretty out there but this is the the type of weeks that i love to dive into and and jacob you probably know that you know i like the gross oh, sure. the the nastiness you know digging my hands into the nasty slime of the dfs streets i like it way more because i think that it 
it invi- it just puts so many more players into the player pool because it really reduces what you have to score. Like, especially when you think about the stacks you can build, you know, you get some of these weeks, if you get, you know, Mahomes, Lamar, and Allen all in good matchups or hers or whoever, but those top quarterbacks as elite offenses and they're all in good game environments, you almost look at it and it's like, okay, well, I either have to play the Miami stack, the Bill stack, the Chiefs stack, the Eagle stack, like, cause, cause one of them's getting there. And then no one else is going to be able to match the type of ceiling that whatever one of those elite offenses hits. But you look at it this week, it's like, you know, all those teams that I mentioned are off the slate. And it's pretty easy to see how the Eagles could fail in this kind of gross spot. It's easy to see how the Niners could kind of fail in a gross spot, how the Dolphins could, you know, probably not fail in the sense that they're going to win the game by a lot, but probably not put up, you know, that those massive fantasy ceilings. And all of a sudden you look through and it's like, yeah, I can play whoever, really. If you want to make a case for a team to stack this week, you can make a case for, I think, almost any team, which I think lets you, you know, kind of dive into the matchups a little bit more, lets you dive into the correlation angles a little bit more. I think it just, it makes it a far more interesting and expansive week to try and press your edges versus this really reduced player pool. Yeah, and I'm excited to to actually do that and to dive into that. There are a couple couple chalky plays, which we will talk about here in a little bit. Some of the chalk you actually want to play this week. Because like last week, right, I don't know if if you turned into the show last week, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty where we didn't get to finish doing, you know, some of the builds. It was unfortunate because after the 1 o'clock games, I'm sitting there with three, uh, three out of my six teams that are just completely stacked sitting in first place with one of my leagues. And then Jamar Chase, who was absolute chalk at 35% ownership, comes in and throws up 50 points and knocks me out of, you know, a bunch of my lineups. But still, you know, we don't want to miss out on that opportunity like we did last week. And although we did play Jamar Chase in a good amount of lineups, we didn't want to fully push him into that, that, you know, 100% ownership just because if he didn't go off, it was going to eliminate 30%. So this week we're going to talk about that a little bit. We will dive into that. And, and before we do, I do want to let everybody know if, if you're listening on Twitter, if you're tuning into the to the podcast, make sure you guys come to the live show, right? We have a chat going. Uh, you know, you can come and trash our picks. You can tell us how awesome we are, how much we suck, right? Come in, come in and, and talk to us over there on youtube.com slash player profiler at the player profiler page over there on youtube.com. All right, Jacob, you ready to do a build? Let's do a build. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's do a build, man. All right, so prior to us actually doing the build, let's talk about some of your favorite stacks that you have for this week or, or some of the studs that you really want to base some of your lineups off of. Yeah, so probably, man, I don't even know about the stud. I think, well, I kind of, kind of fit in the studs later. As I always think about, I always think stacks first. And I think probably my the two that jump out to me are two games that I think are fun, but where I think most of the ownership is going to be on the other side. Um, and I think that these each have chances to be pretty back and forth games where both sides are potentially uh, going to be really valuable. So probably the first one I'll kick off with is the Seahawks side of things. In the Seahawks-Bengals game, both of these were offenses that I think people were really excited about coming into the season. Both have spotted a little bit. Bengals kind of get back on track. I'm seeing a lot of ownership on the Bengals side or, or really specifically through Chase and through Mixon, not necessarily all of the Bengals, not seeing much on the Seahawks side. And we know that this Seahawks offense has a ceiling. Geno Smith all the way down $5,700. This could be a spot where they have to keep up pace with the Bengals. And you play Geno with two of his reasonably priced pass catchers. I'm even willing to consider 
a $3,600 JSN with the bi-week rookie bump. So one of Metcalf and Lockett or JSN or both Metcalf and Lockett. Uh, that's something that I'm really interested in where you get to play this kind of fun game, but you do it through the lesser owned side. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you. I am 100% on the side of Geno Smith. I love some DK Metcalf. I love some Tyler Lockett. I mean, I'm on board, man. Even Kenneth Walker sounds good to me. And JSN, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of insight. JSN is actually ridiculously like sneaky pick if he plays anywhere close to what we saw from Zay Flowers. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, we'll see how many routes he plays. But I, I don't know, man. Like, I, what, what do you make of JSN? Like, I didn't get to do as much dynasty stuff with you this year, so I have no idea on your thoughts, like, on the player inherently. Um, I know, obviously, he had you know, a lot of fans in the community. It's been a slow start. But it's like he's been earning targets when he's on the field. It's just that he's not getting it on the high dot, and he's not getting the routes. But he has been used when he's out there. I'm curious. Like, what Charles Cross comes back this week, too, which I think is a big thing, A, for everybody in this offense – just obviously you're going to be able to hold up more in pass protection. I think it's specifically a big thing for JSN in that they've had to run a lot of two tight end sets because they don't have any confidence in their pass protection. And I think with cross coming back and then you also get the bye week for JSN to get healthy fully off that wrist issue. Maybe just get more integrated into the offense. If we often see with rookies, maybe we start seeing those routes get up closer to 70% range where they're able to run more 11 personnel. They have more confidence in their pass protection I'm not saying I'm going to include JSN in all my lineups. I think it's fine to just play this as a single with one of DK and Lockett. I think you could even play it with both DK and Lockett. But um, he's at least in my player pool this week. I'm not, like, Xing him out. Yeah, so when we talk about, first off, the uh, average A dot per expected, right? I mean, this this defense is one of the worst in the NFL. So I really do like DK Metcalf. I do like Tyler Lockett. However, they give up a ton of targets underneath, and we've seen that happen in the past. Now, like you said, Charles Cross comes back. That's massive, right? This is the same sort of thing that happened with the San Francisco 49ers uh, a couple years ago when they ended up losing a couple offensive tackles. They had to go to two tight end sets the whole time. And I think Ayuk was actually playing in the slot to an extent. He was the one that suffered the most from the snap counts, and we saw him completely fall off. When everybody ended up coming healthy again, we saw uh, you know the emergence of Ayuk completely explode onto the scene. I think that that's something similar we're seeing with Jackson Smith and Jigba, where he's still the young receiver, right? He's still the the lesser of the three. We're watching a lot of two uh, two tight end sets, a lot of two wide receiver sets, regardless if they're playing with two running backs or or two tight ends. Uh, I think that we could see that emergence start to happen if they decide to try and stretch this uh, defense out a little bit and they try to target downfield, leaving underneath routes open. Jackson Smith and Jacob is going to be fine long-term. I'm not worried about him long-term. This could be that week where we start to see him emerge as an actual receiving threat for the Seattle Seahawks, which is why I'm, I'm cool with playing him this week as like a dart throw. Yeah, I would only play him when I'm stacking this game. He's not like a lock. Oh, yeah, anything, 100%. I would play him, but I'll play him as the secondary of my Geno stacks. And I, I would consider, if I was doing like a small field tournament where I was just doing a Bengal stack and I was just like heavily stacking this game, which I think you can do in some of these, like that's part of the fun to me is some of these grosser slates too, is because you don't need that same massive, yep. every single part of my lineup hits the absolute max ceiling. It's like if I'm in a small field tournament, I might do Burrow, Mixon, 
Chase, Higgins, and two Seahawks, right? And you just say, like, this is the game that hits 55 points. None of the other games come close, and I'm, I'm just going to play all of it. I'll get all the points. And honestly, I think this is the game that has the biggest chance to hit that 55 points, including the the two other games, because the two other games could end up being blowouts, and we could just you know yeah. see nothing happen. I don't, I don't know that we'll see the Miami Dolphins do what they did to Denver again. Like I think that Miami's going to hit their their point total. Miami did to Denver again. What's up? I don't know that we'll see anybody do what Miami yeah, did yeah. to Denver again. <laughs> that might never happen again, right? I was insane. Um, it was it was absolutely nuts. I mean, hey. What full uh, clear eyes, full hearts? That that's what oh that was. God. Clear that's eyes, nice. full hearts. They can't lose. That was like that was like watching Georgia versus Abilene Christian. <laughs> Who? Who's Abilene Christian? Who? What's her name? Uh, they, no, it's just like you know, like when you when you no, see like college football week where like Georgia or Alabama are playing some FCCS school. The yes. Example I always use is Abilene Christian because when you used to play Madden NFL Superstar mode. That was the first college in the alphabetical order. So it would be like select college. And the first college that would always be in your drop-down menu is Abilene Christian. So it's just like my go-to use of like <laughs> random ass school that gets blown out by SEC schools once a year. Oh, my God. It's so true, though. It's so true. And, that, and that's what it is. So let's go ahead. Let's start out with, with one of our builds. Uh, do you like the Geno Smith more than the Burrow side? Because I like both sides. I just feel well, like, like Geno Smith is going to have lower intership. Well, I like the Burrow side more at equal ownership. It's not going to be equal ownership. So I, I probably – I'll put it this way. I want to get different somewhere. So if I'm playing Chase, who's going to be the, the piece that gets a ton of the ownership here, then I probably want to then actually do maybe Chase with the Geno side, so I'm a little different. If I'm doing Burrow, then I can include Chase as part of it, but then I definitely want my guy T. Higgins as a part of it because fucking no one's playing him. <laughs> like, like he's gonna be like two percent on i dude i'd like tyler boyd in this matchup up against seattle who just you know allows guys underneath like aminor st brown like every slot receiver has, every slot receiver has put up numbers against seattle and i don't like tyler boyd i would never suggest to play tyler boyd in a tournament outside of this moment where it's just so gross Irwin. <laughs> it's just so gross. I just want to play Tyler Boyd in this matchup. Can I? Can I just have one Tyler Boyd? No, I'm just kidding. I you don't have, want you can one have Tyler one Boyd. Tyler Boyd team. I'm not playing Tyler Boyd. You can have one Tyler Boyd. Team. Uh, I'll, I'll sure, do it I after see, the show. I'm idea. gonna go cry in well, the corner and build like, my Tyler Boyd team. Super washed though. All right, which one are we going? It's your decision. Um, I'm fine either way, but let's. I, I want to do it from the Geno side. I'm. I, I right. want to build the Geno side. All right, which which way we stack in Gino? We gonna do it with the running back? We gonna go ahead and and just do wide receiver, two wide receivers? How you feeling? I want I want two. I want JSN in this, and you pick which right. one: Metcalf and Lockett. I don't care which one. Oh man, that's tough, man. I really want to say that it's Lockett, but with the A dot, the way that it's looking, and where DK Metcalf plays, I'm gonna go with with DK. All right, let's do DK. I really want to do Lockett. Hey, if you're listening, play, you're on the podcast, you're watching the show, I would play lineups with both DK and Lockett while Geno Smith is at the quarterback position. Yeah, I feel good. Like this this week, most of the time this year, all I've been doing is playing like four to five um, mid-stakes lineups each week. I feel better about this week. I really like this week. So I'm going to probably play closer to like 10 to 15 lineups at a little bit lower stakes. And I'm going to just cycle through this game. Like I'm going to play. I'm going to play several different combos. So I'll probably, if I play, let's say, let's say I play 15 total lineups this week. I would say probably seven or eight of them are this game, 
and I'll have like four Genos and four Burrows, and we'll have Geno Metcalf Lockett Chase. We'll have Geno Metcalf JSN Higgins. Like all the iterations, we're just going to cycle through as many of them as we can. All right. So where are we going from this? We we obviously want to run it back. You want to play Jamar Chase in this matchup? I'm totally fine with doing Chase because we're playing the Geno and we're playing JSN. I don't have ownership concerns, so this would be the spot if we're playing the high on Chase, or we could play Mixon. But I'm fine with either of that. Now we will see. By the way, I'm going to put in a place center defense while we talk, but uh, we're going to see a ton of running backs most likely in this 6K range. I just don't know how chalky these running backs in the 6K range are going to be no, because there are so many of them. So well, it's a crazy week. Like, I mean, first of all, we're going to see tons of three running back lineups. I think because the running backs just project so incredibly well. Yeah, um, but I, I agree. Like, it's going to be. I mean, obviously, you're going to get a good chunk of ownership on. Hubbard and Foreman. And yep. then people are going to want to play Mostert. I think more than they're going to want to play Mixon. I think people want to play Montgomery more than they're going to want to play Mixon. Um, Dude, Mixon's then, been coming in so high lately, and I don't get it, man. I've been fading Mixon every single week because projected ownership. And then I'm like, there's no way it's going to hit that projected ownership. And it goes above the projected ownership. It's so bizarre. Why are people well, playing Joe Mixon? Well, that's what's crazy. It's like I would actually like to play – like Joe Mixon at the ownership that I think he should be owned. You too. No, no, no. I'm saying like, okay, I, I've been in this thing where it's like, I don't want to ever, like, I don't ever want to play Joe Mixon. Like I, I just Never. think it's terrible, but I'm saying like, I would like one of these weeks, his expected fantasy points are actually going to work out. Like remember last year, it was like, he was like the regression guy, regression guy, regression guy. He's always a regression guy. Cause he sucks at football. But then like one week, it didn't matter. He just like fell into the end zone a million times. It's like I, I definitely yeah. want, I want if this was DFS three years ago before everybody was so reliant on projections and optimizers, Joe Mixon would be like five percent owned, and he would be the guy where it'd be like, yeah, he sucks for a million games in a row, but actually is a really great matchup against this team that always gives up receptions to running backs, and he's in this good game environment, and there's all these other running backs drawing ownership, so just play him. He's going to be seven percent owned, and hope he goes off. Like I would love to do that, but I feel like I can't do that because everybody's an opto bro. And so we're going to log in and Joe Mixon, who hasn't been useful in 11 calendar months is going to be like 19% owned. So I don't want to do that at 19% owned. Like if I'm looking at running, like I would just straight up rather play Deandre Swift, who is cheaper and is going to be less owned. I think um, I would straight up. I mean, even of the game, even of the running backs in this game, like Kenneth Walker is probably not going to catch that much ownership just because of how many backs are available. And I prefer playing him. Um, I mean, from a break the slate perspective, right? Like Walker just needs one touch to score an 80 yard touchdown. Mixon needs 76. So. Yeah. And when we go down to the 5k range, it's like really gross. So I feel like we're going to see a lot of these running backs that are in the 6K range that are played with some of these higher-end wide receivers like the Mar- Jamar Chases, right. like the Cooper Cups. You're going to see one guy in the 6K range and then one guy in the 4K range, right? Like we talked about, the Chuba Hubbards, the uh, the um, uh, Deontay Foremans, excuse me. We're going right. to have a lot of combinations of a 6K running back and a 4K running back with a couple yep. high-end wide receivers. We're going to see that all over the slate this week. Totally. So, so is, there the way, a, is there a 5K running back you might want to go with? Is there a 5K running back? So, well, because nobody's like the, the matchups, those little red numbers, right? That just deter <laughs> people away. They scare people away because they're red, right? It, it, it's just, it, it, it 
and it's only week week six, by the way. So really, it yeah. just pretty much had to do with who you played over the first five weeks of the season, not how good your defense actually is up against the running back. Right. Those little red numbers are going to scare a lot of people away. Is there a guy in that 5K range that you could see yourself going with, such as maybe a Jerome Ford, which you know faces Nine. up PJ San Francisco? Walker, Niners, gross. <laughs> uh, if I was to do anyone, like – I don't know. Specifically in the 5K range, probably no. Like, I, I've done, I've like done the Martingale Rashad White efficiency thing a few times. I don't know that this is necessarily the week I need to do it, but it's just like straight up good running backs in fine game environments that won't be owned, like Ken Walker. Um, that like I don't need to really go and play like bad running backs. Um, I think there's like a little tiny part inside of me. That is like Ramondre Curious in this song against the Raiders. That just happened. Dude, Jacob, normally I'm the one that's making the guess, second guess what he's listening to. That was amazing. You're Ramondre Curious, okay? Um, But I probably won't get there. Like, it's just there's so many running backs that I actually like that I don't think I need to like invent cases for running backs that I kind of like. Like, I just think you can probably just play Ken Walker at 5% ownership anytime you want. So I don't really need to like play Ramondre. Um, I think, I think that if I'm, I'm going to not really play much of the two 4k running backs, right. Foreman and Hubbard. And then probably the lowest I'm going, I would guess would be Swift at 61 as a jam. I'm going to play a lot of him. All right. Let's throw him in there. And then probably I'm going to probably, I'm going to play at least one Brees Hall at six, even with no Jalen Carter. Okay, yeah. Oh, Brees Hall, yeah, it needs to be in there, even though it's Philly. I don't care. He's their and entire no offense. So that's a big upgrade. There, yeah, there, there's no Carter, and then they're also missing somebody else on, on that defense. Uh, I think it's Slay. Slay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that I, I think that, that really helps out the whole Jet situation. Uh, so, yeah, Hall and Swift are kind of the lowest price running backs that I think I'm, I'm going with this week. Well, I put them both into our lineup for now. We'll, we'll see how it ends up going because, you know, we're, we're, we're looking pretty good in terms of pricing. Jackson Smith and Jake Bow and Geno Smith saved us a ton of money. Meanwhile, going with DeAndre Swift, Brees Hall at 6K, not big spends. Uh, Jamar Chase is a massive value at 8,300. Yeah. I know he's chalky, but like he should be a 9K wide receiver. It's just Joe Burrow hasn't been playing great. Ownership hasn't necessarily been there, although it was last week. It hasn't been there consistently. Uh, yeah, Jamar week. Chase is a steal this week. And then DK Metcalf at 6,800, uh, somewhat shocking to an extent, but I wouldn't say a steal. So now we're sitting here. We need a flex and a tight end. We're yeah. at 5,300. Are we paying up for Hawkinson this week? Are we paying up for Laporta? Uh, you know, for me, it really depends on who I'm, I'm lining up. Like I want Hawkinson in my Kirk Cousins mat in my Kirk Cousins lineup. But outside of that, I don't know that Hawkinson needs to be run out solo. I think we can we can pivot down. Yeah, I mean, Hawkinson's fine. I will note, like, he's never been a particularly efficient player. Um, he's always been, you know, and in many ways, I think that this environment in Minnesota was really perfect for him where they had this really high pass rate offense. Jefferson tracks all the coverage in the intermediate and downfield, and Hawkinson just kind of keeps cleaning up these underneath throws. That's not, Now he's kind of back in the situation he was in Detroit where he struggled a little bit more, which is, you know, the whole defense can focus their attention on preventing him at this point without Jefferson around. I think he'll still get there on like raw 
target volume. But you could also see the Vikings like maybe not be as heavy pass rate as they were previously when when Jefferson's there. I think you know he's he's a big part of the identity of the offense. So I think Hawks fine, but I'm not like racing to jam him. Um, I'm not, I don't know that I'm like excited about any tight end this week because it's always tight end. I, I am like pretty pumped about what we saw from Pitts last week and the Atlanta matchups a disaster. We're going to talk more about the other guy I really like in that Atlanta passing game this week, but that's probably my favorite tight end. I see you have Goddard pulled up. It's fine with me. I don't know. It's tight end. Yeah, I actually really do like Kyle Pitts. Um, and he was going to be once again in my conversation later, but I think that we can go ahead and talk about him now. Uh, he's a guy that is seeing the the third most snaps on the outside for anybody on the team, right? Or yeah, third most. Yeah. He's he's could end up being matched up against a guy that we're gonna talk about here shortly, especially in the red zone. I mean, I could see Kyle Pitts coming down with a couple touchdowns this game if the Washington, you know, front four shuts down that this rushing defense. You know, by the end of the game, fourth quarter, if it's somewhat close, we could see Kyle Pitts coming away with a pretty big game. Uh, I do like Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I mean, you're getting really strong, like, downfield profile, $3,500. Like, I, I understand that the floor is nothing, but, like, the floor is nothing for, like, the floor is nothing for literally every 3K tight end, right? Like, that's why they're a 3K tight end. Logan Thomas's utilization is through the roof, too, at least yeah, over the past play, week or so. You can play LT. You can play so, LT. So, I, I do and like Atlanta's Logan Thomas. horrible against the tight end position. You want to go? Uh, you want to go, Logan Thomas? Because honestly, I just don't see how they're going to move the, the offense outside of Logan fine, Thomas this week. That's fine with me. I'm fine. With, I like both tight ends in that game. Same price, same game. <laughs> I'm, I'm good either way. All right, that gives us seven K to play with. We're sitting here with Travis oh, Etienne. Yeah, we got a lot of space. We got Travis Etienne, Mike Evans, Josh Jacobs, Devonta Smith, Chris Godwin, Kamara, Kenneth Walker, Calvin Ridley. Where are we going? Yeah, I mean, we can go any direction here. Uh, there's plenty of guys I like in this range. Like probably the three guys that are all going to be like, you know, pretty low owned and pretty interesting to me are, are Ridley and Smith um, and Alave um, and, and DJ Moore is, is like a really totally fun play for me too. So honestly, like yeah. whoever, whoever fits at this point, whoever you like. DJ Moore is awesome, man. I love the, the Justin Fields, DJ Moore stack this week up against Minnesota. I wish yeah, Justin fine. Jefferson is playing. He's not playing, but I still think they're going to be able to move this offense. The Chicago defense is absolutely brutal. So I love I love rolling with, with DJ Moore this week. Uh, that means that we can pivot up on defense a few hundred too. Yeah, sure. Play whatever defense you like. <laughs> All right. We're going to go ahead and throw in DJ Moore. Uh, if we take out, we had the Texans up against the Saints, who I actually do like this week. We can pivot up to the Dolphins against Carolina. Carolina will have to throw in the fourth quarter. Um, Miami could come away with a couple interceptions, a couple sacks. Oh, yeah, that's a money spot. You want to do that one? Dolphins up against Carolina? How I haven't even checked defensive ownership. How awful is it gonna be? Uh oh, not that awful. We can play them. No there's no like there's no like prohibitively owned defense this week, it doesn't look like. Now, if you're somebody that likes to build a ton of lineups, right? Like Jacob was talking about earlier on in the show, you know, sometimes you don't have time to go through each one for 30 minutes like we just did. Well, it was it wasn't 30, but it was it was about 20 minutes or so. You don't have time to, to go through every single player. You don't have time to go through everything, which is why I love the DFS optimizer so much over there on Player Profiler. It, it literally makes your job so much easier. So somebody that that loves to go through and, and build a bunch of different lineups, different aspects that you have to look at, different statistics, you got to go check out the DFS Dominator. 
You know what? I, I think the Podfather actually has something to say about that. DFS getting harder every year, but we're here to make it easier with the DFS Dominator because I know a lot of optimizers keep coming out. Oh, our optimizer. What about this optimizer? But that optimizer. Well, we have a cash game optimizer that leverages the projections from Dario, Billy, the award-winning projections at playerprofiler.com and builds the best lineups for cash games that have both upside and stability because that's what you want. It's a couple clicks, boom, boom, boom. You get the best possible lineup for your cash games. But for tournaments, traditional optimizers don't work. That's why we have a lineup genius, which takes you through the process of building lineups the way they should be built. Which quarterbacks do you want to be overweight on? Then building stacks, then setting runbacks, then optimizing, and generating up to 150 lineups that you can easily import into DraftKings, into FanDuel. That's the DFS Dominator. It's only $45. A year, not not a week, a, a year, a year. Just go to Player Profiler, click on the DFS Dominator from the menu, and you won't be sorry. That's right. Go check out the DFS Dominator. Jacob, do you remember when we had to read those ads ourselves and just struggled through it? Massive upgrade in the in the uh, <laughs> in the tech of this show. I know. Thank God for, for Matt Kelly over there doing the reads for us. <laughs> He's 10 times better, but we do have to build another lineup. Before we go into this lineup, Jacob, I need to know, guys, that you're not going to be touching whatsoever this week. You don't want them anywhere close to your lineups for, for roster reasons, for for price reasons, because you think they suck reasons. You know, you all know me. I sit there and talk about Joe Mixon all week. I don't want to touch him. And Zach Moss is out with them vamping up the the touches for, for Jonathan Taylor. Jacob, who do you have and why? Probably the two guys that I won't play this week. Um, well, I'll say, I'll even go as, yeah, two guys that I will not play this week who objectively are fine plays. Um, but I just think this, of all of the weeks that you don't need the free square running back. It's this week to me. So Chuba Hubbard, Deontay Foreman, if you beat me, you beat me. Um, I, I'm sure that they're going to get there on like their, you know, they're going to hit their price tag on plenty of managed teams where I'm having running back injuries. And I see them at the end of the bench. I am grateful for the heavens that I can just plug in Hubbard or Foreman and fill that RB2 slot. But from an actual ceiling perspective, I mean, Hubbard is in a horrendous game environment where they're probably going to get blown out by 20-plus points. They're a 14-point underdog right now. Uh, I think Hubbard is going to probably have the pass-down work. He's been playing in negative game script so far over Sanders. Don't see why that would change. But, like, okay, what's his median outcome? He's going to have 12, 13 carries. going to have four or five catches. He's going to have 50, 60 total yards. And their touchdown expectation is junk because they don't have – you know, a chance to score points. Maybe he gets one. Very unlikely to score two. Very unlikely to have the efficiency required to hit 100 yards rushing. So Foreman, on the other hand, cool player. He can get game scripted out because he's a zero in the passing game. So I know that they don't really have anybody else. It's like Darrington Evans or whatever. Regardless, Foreman's probably not catching a lot of checkdowns this week. So he's going to be relying on rushing volume. And I have no idea what Foreman's looking at in terms of okay, like, is he going to be involved at all in the passing game, even in early downs? What's his role going to be like in trail script? Where I think most likely for him, 
it's kind of like it was last year with the Panthers. If they get rolling and they're up ahead, he can get a bunch of carries. He can score multiple touchdowns, but his floor sucks because he doesn't have that passing down upside. So you kind of, you can get squeezed out. The way I look at it is both these running backs are probably going to get between 12 and 15 points. That's fine. But you're foregoing the chance to play far superior talents and far superior environments who are not going to be his own because there's so many good running backs in the slate. So I don't want to waste one of my three chances in each run, in each lineup to play a Travis Etienne, David Montgomery, a Bijan Robinson, a even a Josh Jacobs potentially. Uh, certainly Christian McCaffrey at like no ownership at all. I don't want Brees Hall, DeAndre Swift, Ken Walker. I don't want to waste my chance to play these really talented players in these upside scenarios um, so that I can play, you know, these $4,400 guys in a week that honestly, I think that the salary is pretty loose and you will not have that much uh, difficulty building lineups that you like. No, I mean, there's just not the quarterbacks there, right? Like I can understand if you were going to go ahead and, and you're going to play, you know, an expensive quarterback, right? And you were going to try and stack, you know, multiple guys. Like I could see a situation where you want to run out Deontay Foreman or Chuba Hubbard because you're starting Matthew Stafford with with Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, and you want to try and, and run the table on that. I can understand it, but I, I am definitely on board with you where I'm going to have very low ownership on those guys. But I do, I will have a couple lineups out there because I don't want to miss yeah. the boat if if it's there. All right, let's go ahead sure. and let's build a lineup. Let's talk about our. Our next one that we want to build around, we just finished with the Geno Smith and the, the Bengals builds, right? Th- yeah. There's a couple guys on here that are that are interesting for me in terms of like when I if I want to pay down, right? And we're starting to see, I don't know, maybe it was just last week, right, Jacob? Maybe it, ju- it was just a thing, right? It was just a blip. It, it just disappeared. It's underwater forever. It drowned and died because that's what we saw the first four games of the season. And that's the passing attack for the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, man, we're doing it. We're doing the vomit stack. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, this is the gross one, right? Like, now I oh, will say so fun. this is actually in the biggest tournament lineup that we have for the $12 place. It, it is a single entry, so it's not like a massive tournament, but it's the biggest tournament. I'm excited about this one. Um, so, like, we can go. We can we could try. We could try to do a build around Desmond Ritter. Dude, I promise the people I'm building one Desmond Ritter lineup with my real money. <laughs> All right, let's let's do a Desmond Ritter build up against Washington because Washington's front seven, you know, it's, it's the real deal. You can't really run against them. Now, I'm not going to say Bijan is not going to put up yardage, but I think that Desmond Ritter has some passing opportunities here. And we talk about just how gross the, the Washington secondary play calling is. It's not even that the Washington secondary is that That's bad. The, it's it's nuts. It's like two years ago when they were when they couldn't stop Cordell Patterson because they kept on putting the slowest linebacker on the team against them, right? It took us it, it took Washington Commanders twelve weeks to figure out that I think it was Cole Holcomb or whoever it was what should not be covering speedy pass catching uh, running backs. It, it was insane. And now we're looking at a situation where, for some reason, they're putting the 165-pound Emmanuel Forbes up against the alpha receiver on the opposition. A.J. Brown, 197 yards after contact up against Emmanuel Forbes. uh, Very small I mean, it's just – it's absurd. 197 yards after contact because they couldn't tackle him. I put my note in the in the chat uh, under sleepers. I put Drake London, and then I put I think in brackets he is two of Emmanuel Forbes. <laughs> like it is just 
It's like, so crazy. It's, I mean, this is a, this is a nightmare matchup where look, the Atlanta receiving weapons are are I think like pretty volatile in how appealing they are on a week to week basis, just in the sense that like there's not a lot of diversity in this weapon group. Like what they have is they have a lot of very large long striders who are good in contested catch situations, and there's not a lot of diversity to that. But this is like the dream matchup where like Drake London is just going to get to run routes against this little man all day. And like all Ritter has to do is just like kind of throw it in the general vicinity. I don't know what Forbes are going to do. Like London is London has 60 pounds and seven inches on this guy. So it's just going to be, it's it's just not going to be like fair. (laughs) Like he's just so much larger than this dude. And I mean, God bless him. If they ever get pits switched up, Onto Forbes, yeah, it has eighty-five pounds and and nine inches on this poor guy. So it's just not going to go well for Washington. They are way too small in the secondary to cover Pitts in London. And finally, we saw this Atlanta passing game last week open up, where Ritter was willing to just throw those 50-50 balls more frequently at Pitts on a wheel route. He had him on a couple of these intermediate flag routes. He had London on that massive play on the second to last drive when he takes his helmet off and he goes crazy. Like he was finally just going to say like, yeah, I'm going to throw this floater pass back shoulder. And I'm just going to let my large dudes make a play against small dudes. Yeah. And they get and some worked. really small dudes. So I think this is a spot where they're going to, they're going to do that. I mean, they're Atlanta. They're not going to throw a ton, but I can see this as a spot where they finally have a little bit more confidence in what Ritter is cooking. And, you know, they're at home. I don't know if you know this, Desmond Ritter, 31 consecutive victories at home, uh, making it 32 this week. We'll see. Well, he also has two of his, you know, top performances at home as well. He sucks away. Yeah. I mean, he didn't do well awesome. against Carolina at home, but like he 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 does much better at home. I mean, it, it's just it's mind blowing how they they just say, hey, Emmanuel Forbes, just keep going out there, and, and eventually you'll get it. It's not his fault. Okay, the dude is literally my size. We are almost the same exact size. I'm telling you, I like. I mean, I think good, I can play better up against a guy that's six five, but still, I don't even want to talk about that. I, I still don't understand it. But anyways, I, I think that we can play Drake London. I think that we can play Kyle Pitts. Do we dare put two pass catchers from the Atlanta Falcons in on the same lineup? Oh, I think it's fine. I mean, they're cheap enough that I mean, they they both hit over seventy five yards last week. It's just a matter of they didn't get the touchdown. I mean, at those prices. If, if London had caught a touchdown last week, then then they easily all three of them hit together. Um, so I, I think you can totally play them. And then my only question is, the only issue I'm having with the stack is that the only Washington guy I really want to play is their tight end. So it becomes a little bit difficult when I've occupied the tight end slot with Pitts. But Jacob, um, you love two tight end stacks. Yeah. You love running dual tight ends for DFS. This is your thing. Right. Yeah, my favorite my favorite thing is to look at a week in which there are two every now and running backs at forty four hundred dollars and say, "What if I play a tight end in the flex?" That seems like a good plan. Oh my god, man! Okay, this is gross, uh, but it's also amazing because I think that we could play the best player at every position after this. We're sitting here at sixty seven hundred uh, right now. <clears throat> with Desmond Ritter, Drake Lennon, and Kyle Pitts. If we do I will say, I don't Pitts, think you have to do a bring back because Washington is just like, like it's gross. Like Thomas is a totally fine play, but I don't necessarily think, like, I think if you're stacking Ritter, you want to play Pitts. So you probably don't want to play Logan Thomas. Although you could just do Ritter in London and Thomas. I think that's totally fine. What about um, Curtis Samuel? 
Yeah, I mean, that might be the one to play, right? Maybe you play Curtis Samuel. What's his price tag? Uh, he is sitting oh, at 3700 Okay, Curtis Samuel is the Washington guy that we can play then because All I right. think, like, is there, there are B- this feels no, gross. it's fine with me. There are B Rob weeks. I don't think this is a B Rob week. There's just too many high upside running backs. Um, last week was supposed to be a B Rob week. He saved us then, last second with a touchdown, but I mean, at some point in time, maybe the enemy decides to cease playing, uh, as I put it, McCorn and Dotson in the MVS and Sky Moore roles. But um, for now, they just have two very talented decoys. <laughs> so I don't really want to play them. Yeah. Yeah, no, can they, I'm, can I'm good they, on that. Like, stop it with throwing their like shitty players and then throw to their good players instead. That would be nice. That would be great. I would I would really enjoy that. Uh, I I was sitting there and and I, I had a tweet up there. It was 67 or was it 57 consecutive dropbacks, right where there was not a designed run for the Commanders last week. Yeah, 57 like... consecutive dropbacks where there wasn't a design run. Now, if I told you that. What would you take? What would what would have to be the I guess the the even part where you would take the under for five receptions for both under five yeah. receptions for both uh, Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson with fifty seven dropbacks. I, you would I, have hoped it was like plus two thousand, right? It would it would really have to be more than that. It yeah. would be plus fifteen thousand. Is I where they I should have each up. had. They should have each had ten catches in that Thursday night game. That was crazy. It was and it was up against that terrible defense too. And, yeah. and Sam House still performed. He still got it out to an extent, but it was to Curtis yeah. Samuel and they freaking... were rotating in Jamison Crowder. They were oh. rotating in Deami Brown. Dude, I had just... an aneurysm because I had the over on on both those yeah. guys, but at a small over point, like I was getting you know negative. 200 to take like over 40 yards and they couldn't get there and i was like oh my god this is absurd all right so we have literally the the world in our palms right we do we can play play whoever we want (laughs) so let's build a superstar lineup uh cooper cup up against arizona well let's march i was gonna say let's pick one of the top three like helicopter chase like we can we can play whichever one we like listen i I like hill I, i i just don't want to play him this week uh, not when I can play Chase for 8,300. Uh, Cooper Cup's sure. interesting. Arizona plays a really weird cover, too, where the guys play really shallow. Um, and then they they end up trying to, to run with the DBs later. It, it creates a little bit of an issue for the guys that have, like, an A dot of, like, 9, 10 yards. It, it messes with them. I mean, we saw it with CeeDee Lamb. We've seen it with pretty much everybody they, they've gone against. Um, I, I, I don't love Cooper Cup, but I think that they figure out a way to get him you know, utilize, especially if the game is competitive in a individual matchup. Well, I was going to just say, let's just do chase because right. to me is the best play. And then I want to play a Walker lineup. And, uh, and, and now we can set that up with chase and with Walker. I, I'm sure I never have to convince you to play Walker. You always like playing Walker. Yeah. Walker's just fun. He's, he's a good guy. He's a good time. All right. Now we're sitting here and we have 7,500 left. To play oh with, kid. I mean, we could still go with with Cooper Cup and play a six. We actually running could back. play Cooper Cup if we want to. Yeah, I've been thinking of this the three running back lineup, but it doesn't have to be. Um, we could play Cup for sure if we want and, to. And yeah. then we're stuck with. Uh, well, I shouldn't say we're stuck. We could play DeAndre Swift or Brees Hall. Yeah, let's play. Let's let's. I'm fine with either of those guys. Um, I don't know. Let's Your play choice. Swift. I, I, let's play Swift. All right, we're in there. That's this a fun is, lineup. That is a fun lineup. So, you know, I was talking about how we have this, you know, the 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 Cardinals, right? They have this very interesting defensive front. 
and I actually got that from Mark Garcia. I don't know if you know Mark. Really cool guy. Uh, the dude's intense. He does game theory uh, type type bets, right? Where he he bases his DFS off of game theory uh, type you know material. And if you all go check him out, like he's just fun to listen to. Dude's really intelligent. Used to be a pilot. He actually used to live down the street from me, which I didn't know about up until we oh, did a cool. show together to start the season. Huh. Um, yeah, back years ago, but. Uh, this was before we started doing DFS content, but the dude's just really super intelligent. Like the guy's a, a rocket scientist. It feels like when I'm talking to him or when I'm going to show with him, he looks like a rocket scientist. Cause obviously I'm not that bright, but if you guys go check him out, he's over there at the beginning of the week on the first mover podcast on player profiler. The dude is, is awesome. And he kind of sets up my week for me because I love listening to his show. Go check him out over there. The first mover podcast, we love having him on, and hopefully he comes on with us to show to, to talk about his game theories here soon. Regardless, go check him out over there on the First Mover podcast to start your week. All right, Jacob, we need sleepers, man. We need some yeah. sleepers for this week before the, the people fall asleep. Give us some of your <laughs> sleepers. Let's rock and roll. Uh, well, I already talked about Drake London, um, and I talked a little bit about, look, I'll, I'll say briefly T. Higgins. I don't have, like, a take behind it. It's more just that we know he always has a ceiling and Chase is, is going to be mega owned and he's in a good game environment and nobody's going to play him because people are just fed up with his bullshit, which I get. I'm also fed up with his bullshit. <laughs> uh, but I'm like contractually obligated to say that anytime you can play T, it gets under 5% ownership. It's just like something that you should consider. Um, I will also say I'm Calvin Ridley is interesting. I'm seeing like all the ownership is on Christian Kirk this week. It's not on Calvin Ridley. We haven't talked about this game. I really like this game. Um, remember week one when Christian Kirk got like one target and Calvin Ridley was dominating and then everybody's like, Oh, Calvin Ridley's the wide receiver one. Christian Kirk is dust. Remember who they played that week? They played the Colts. That's what they played this week. Like, he's going to get that crazy matchup that he completely dominated. Uh, you know, is Chris Moore healthy in the slot? Kenny Moore? Kenny Moore. I'm sorry. Yes. Kenny Moore. Yeah. yeah. He'll be, he'll be playing. They'll have Kenny Moore in the slot, I believe. Yeah. And then da- uh, Dallas flowers is out for the year. So it's, it's Juju Brents is probably going to be the guy car- covering Ridley. He was a healthy and active <laughs> in the first game. This, this so is they've awesome. been changing. Yes. They've been changing up their secondary repeatedly. So Kenny Moore has been like the one staple that it, when he's healthy and good to go, he plays in the slot. Yeah. Their outside corners have been a shit show because they're starting outside corners um, would have been, well, Stefan Gilmore decided he didn't want to play for the team anymore. So they shipped him away. And then Isaiah Rogers gambled on Jonathan Taylor rushing prop, I think. So then he got <laughs> cut from the team and suspended. So their outside corners to start the year, basically they drafted three corners this year. They drafted uh, Juju Brents in the second round. They drafted Darius Rush in the fifth round, who they cut in camp. That's how good of a camp he had. Uh, Jalen Jones in the seventh round. And then they have, uh, they added Dallas flowers as a UDFA and they had Daryl Baker jr. As a second year UDFA on the team. First week, Juju Brents and Jalen Jones were inactive and their starting corners were Dallas flowers and Daryl Baker jr. Calvin Ridley destroyed Daryl Baker jr. And effectively entered his career. Um, and it made him a, after he got destroyed and then he got destroyed by Nico Collins the next week. That was it for DBJ. He, he was healthy and active. Juju Brent's got a chance. He's been a little better, but like he was just destroyed by DeAndre Hopkins last week. So it's not like he's exactly playing uh, perfect out there. Uh, point being, the way you beat the Colts is 
attacking their outside wide receivers because their corners are just, they're a bunch of kids and they're having fun out there, but it's, it's a learning experience. So I told, and they're also going to play zone exclusively. We've, we've kind of heard the Jaguars say like Ridley's are kind of our zone beater. Kirk's kind of our man beater. I, I think that this is a Ridley game and he's going very under the radar this week in a game that will have a lot of ownership, but not on him. So that would be my, my sleeper. I absolutely love it, man. Like I'm completely on board with this. In fact, uh, the cover photo for the show was supposed to be Trevor Lawrence. And then I, I ended up having a little bit of confusion with, with uh, the people designing the, the, the thumbnail. Mm-hmm. I ended up going with Joe Burrow. But it was supposed to be Trevor Lawrence to, to combine with, with, of course, Ridley, who I, I love this week. Which, you know me, I don't like Calvin Ridley. I think he's not a good you know football player overall. But I'll take him this week. Uh, I love that pick it, it, with low ownership. I also want to give a shout out to Rondell Moore, who's being used exactly like Debo Samuel right now. Uh, Debo crushed uh, the opposition for the Arizona Cardinals this week. I think that Rondell Moore could do damage in what we could see to be somewhat of a of a blowout up against the Rams. We know the Rams like to you know cover that those deeper targets. Uh, meanwhile, Tutu Atwell up against the Cardinals, I think is interesting because as we talked about with Mark Garcia talking about the the shallow coverages from the safeties. Uh, Tutu Atwell is that deep receiver. So if yeah. Cooper Cup and uh, Puka Nakua struggle to see the rock, I think that Tutu Atwell is a way to not only leverage the game, but also see some opportunities uh, that other teams have taken advantage of in the past by going for those deep balls. Uh, meanwhile, Tyler Boyd, I think, is interesting, which we already talked about, and Kyle Pitts, who we've already discussed. So let's go ahead. Yeah. Let's build our final lineup of the night. Jacob, are you ready? Let's do it. All right, let's go. Where are we going to start with this one? We want to go with an expensive quarterback. We've we've done a mid-range quarterback to an extent, right? You know, someone yeah. in, in the, the lower sixes. I don't mind doing Trevor Lawrence. We can do a Trevor Lawrence right, let's build. Do, let's do a Lawrence lineup. I will quickly say, we'll do a Lawrence lineup. I will quickly say I, I will be actually playing the Minshew side of this game. Wait, do you want to go Minshew? We, we already did a gross one. We don't, we we don't have to do Minshew. I'm just saying this for the people. Just so that they know oh, that I'm playing both sides of this game. And you're I'll just doing that because you're a fan. There's no way you truly believe that Minshew can win you a DFS matchup up against the, the, the Colts. Jags. Play, the Jets defense is ass. The Colts play so fast. Like they're going to run 80 plays in this game. It's so weird this how a, they run so fast, but yet they, they're uh, passing attempts over expected or like 31st in the NFL. Well, that's how insanely fast they play is that they the clock is always moving and yet <laughs> they still run 80 plays every game yeah. like they're, they're they're playing the entire game in a no-huddle offense um practically it's and then the jags are traditionally a pace-up team too so th- i like this whole game because it's a big pace-up game both sides um i do think that their pass rate is higher this game with Minshew than it's been with richardson um so i, I think that there's a chance for that and then the fun thing about the colts is they only really throw to two guys so if you're playing a Minshew stack, it's really easy because you're just playing Minshew and Pittman and Downs, and then you're picking a Jaguar. Um, yeah, so Downs, is, totally Downs for me is a big lock in this game. Like Gardner Minshew yeah. utilizes Downs like Anthony Richardson. Yeah, because that's all he wants to do. Like all, all Minshew wants to do is throw is dump it Downs. Doodah routes. <laughs> exactly. Dump it Downs. So da- Downs is great. Like I, there's lineups in like my start in my managed leagues where I have Downs. And I'm looking at like legitimate receivers, and I'm like, I kind of want to bench them for downs. Like I, 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 I made downs a lock button play last week, and I, he might be a lock button play again this week, even more ownership. But yeah, let's play the Lawrence side here. We are playing downs in this lineup, though. That I guarantee you. Yeah, let's and go. I let's play go ahead Ridley and in this lineup, and then uh, we can figure out 
Um, I don't know. We can play any other Jaguar. I'm fine. A little tough to swallow the chalk Evan Ingram week, but uh, I'm okay with it. And I'm also fine playing Ridley and Kirk together. I'm also fine playing ETN because he's finally getting the pass game usage we dreamed of. Honestly, if any of these, I would like to go ETN. It it makes me a little bit nervous because typically ETN and Lawrence don't correlate because when ETN ends up having a massive game, it takes... It's breakaway runs, right? It's big right. time runs that take away from Lawrence's story. This, this year, he's finally getting more of that pass game usage, right? He yes. Is. But he's not breaking those off for big runs. He's breaking the rushing attempts off for big runs and scoring on those. And it's like, it's maddening because you wish well, we that it saw, could go to Trevor Lawrence. We've seen a little bit more. Like, let me just pull up the ETN log here. He had a, he had a really nice game in the passing game against the Bills just this past week, right? Where he, he turns five targets into 48 yards. He breaks one more tackle on one of those screen passes. Like then, then, then we're talking about a different story. That's, I don't think, I don't that's think you exactly have to what I'm saying it. though. He, he cannot score in the receiving game for some reason. So it's he literally can. crushed Trevor it. Lawrence. Look at his touchdowns on the ground versus his touchdowns in the air. Right. Like it, it's, it's, what if it's it's, it destroys Trevor Lawrence. What if it's different this week? I, what I if this hope week it is the screen pass. I genuinely hope that it is like, if it is, then I mean, we're in gold. We're hitting gold. I mean, the theory with Travis Etienne is always the same, right? It's like he's going to be this Jaguars offensive line is absolute bollocks. Like, if people watch, I think people finally watch the Jaguars a little more this week. And some people have been blaming Travis Etienne for some of the efficiency stuff. A lot of it's just not his fault. Like, you look at the inside runs they give him, they have no chance. They don't block anybody. So, with Etienne, it's going to be the same thing every week. It's going to be two yards, two yards, two yards, one yard, 50 yards. And you just have to hope you get the 50 yards. And if you're playing him, Solo, you hope it's on the ground. And if you're playing with Lawrence, you hope the 50 yards is on the screen pass. Yeah, I will say that I, I definitely love playing ETN solo uh, more so than I like playing him in these matchups. But I think that, that if we're going to hit... Here. We can play no, no, no. I, I would rather play Calvin Ridley with ETN than play him with the chalk of Evan Ingram. Okay. And, and you know, play him with Downs. Because I think Downs is going to be heavily owned in Trevor Lawrence lineups, right? I think we're going to see... Sure downs get the run back every single time i think the etn creates a little bit difference uh in in ownership and gets us down to probably less than five percent ownership at, for this start as a whole like i don't think right. i think we're oh, seeing less than five ownership with these oh, four players because sure. i mean ridley might not even be five percent on himself i mean yeah if that's the case we're talking about less than one percent if he sees less than five percent ownership i think ridley so will be we don't like even have to I think ridley will be between i think ridley will be like mid to high single digits like i think he'll be like between six to eight, whereas I think Kirk is probably pushing 20. Um, and then, yeah, I think Downs, Downs and Pittman will both be owned. But, Downs but really, especially... let's just say he's at 7%. We're probably going to see 5% of that with stacks of oh. Trevor Lawrence. Like, he's oh, only going to be in... Almost entirely. Almost yeah. entirely. Yeah. But, but I agree that this, like, Lawrence-ETN-Ridley-Downs combo is, like, not going to be super popular. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be safe with, with ETN versus... Okay. You know, we what we see with Evan Ingram. All right, so we're sitting here and we're looking pretty at yeah. 5,100. Let's go ahead and throw a placeholder D, which we didn't even talk about. The, I don't even remember who the placeholder D was for the last one. I think it was Houston again. You're just going to go to the Texans. It's fine with me. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's cool. It is what Whatever it is. Alvin Kamara, hopefully he gets shut down and it ruins the chalk for everybody. Love another 11 catches for 26 <laughs> yards. Um, <laughs> that's that's not good though i mean that's not good for us like that's because if he gets a touchdown in then we're screwed <laughs> um but we're 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 now sitting with 56 or 5700 do you want to yeah. pick a tight end and figure out where we want to go from there or do you want to build the rest of this lineup out i, I was going to suggest 
So we did Swift in the last one. I was going to suggest a combo. My last sleeper that I didn't get to is Devonta Smith. We The Eagles, to me, are running an emotionally-based offense. Basically, like, one player doesn't get to play football one week, and then they then they get sad. And the next week, they get to play football. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, the projections keep trying to chase their tail. I, I don't care. I'm, I'm, like, approaching this like a horoscope person. Like, I'm just looking <laughs> at the bots. And A.J. Brown's happy now because he got fed the last three weeks. Goddard's happy now. But Devonta Smith isn't happy. And A.J. Brown has to deal with Sauce Gardner this week. So I think Smith is now kind of the underrated guy. And then on the other side, I want to play Smith with Brees Hall because Brees Hall is awesome. And so we, we get that little mini correlation. I'm, I'm down to, to roll that out. What does Cooter do always say? The the girl smarts or the, the girl stats, right, that, that she throws out? That's what Jacob's on right now. That's <laughs> true. I, I, I love I that. just want to I play whatever that. eagle is, like, most aggrieved. <laughs> all right we need to check with cooter to see if that's uh if that's the route that we should go or not but i'm, I'm behind you on it especially i mean Brees hall at 6k is just ridiculous and the fact that he has a little red three you know next to his name makes it even uh, sexier yeah i, I love right, it all right left, pick whoever you want now yeah we're, we're we're sitting pretty good at 4800 uh do we want to pay down at the flex or we want to pay down a tight end that's the question uh, I probably want to pay down at tight end, and then we can jam another one of those really well-priced running backs in there. There's so many Do good want- running backs in that 6K range. I think we skipped over Kyle Pitts. No, we played Kyle Pitts in the last one. We didn't go with Logan yeah. Thomas. We can, uh, yeah, we've done a Pitts and a Thomas so far. I don't mind going right back to, to Pitts again, to be honest. Uh, or Logan that. Thomas. Yeah, But it's just such one. a gross game. Any interest in Zach Ertz this week? I mean, he's uh, up against I'm the Rams. Kidding. Like, I understand, I understand that I understand that he's a good player. I just like dislike him personally, but I I can't argue. What did he ever him. do to you? Like, just be shitty and keep getting targets <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> he's seen ten targets, eight targets, and ten targets in three out of the five games thus far on this season. I mean, like, That's I don't understand. You can hate that. <laughs> it's, it's, it tilts me quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. Uh, but no, he's a good play. Uh, I think you can play. Yeah, we can do Ertz if you want. I'm fine with I'm all, all any of the above, like Ertz, Pitts, Logan Thomas, honestly, even Johnny Smith. God. All right. Uh, so I got to make the pick on this one. Yeah, you can pick your gross player. I I'm gonna go with Zach Ertz just because I I don't feel like I've Zach played Ertz. him enough, and I feel like you're gonna need to to get some targets coming in from somewhere. And if they're hyper focused on Marquise Brown, Michael Wilson throws in another dud. Who I like, Michael Wilson. I just don't know that I'd play him for DFS this week. You I think that like Zach Ertz has to perform. I, I, I do like Michael Wilson. He's he's like Michael Pitts. They're like the same wide receivers. Michael Wilson was drafted later. All right. Uh, okay. What do we got left? We got sixty one hundred dollars, right? And yeah. do we have what's do we have any flexibility on that defense, or are we already at like the cheapest? Uh, possible? No, no, we're not as cheap as as we can possibly go. We we still have the Panthers, who we don't want to touch. Um, the Browns are interesting to an extent up against San Francisco, but I don't love it. Uh, Buccaneers yeah, could see scary. some turnovers up against uh, Detroit. Uh, I don't hate yeah. that one. Because uh, right now, 61 is tough because Swift is 61, but I don't want to play Swift and Smith. But uh, if we could get Mostert in here, that would be kind of nice. That's 64. Can we get – Is yeah, if, if we can play whatever defense – can get Mostert into this lineup. I'd be pretty happy with that. The Patriots up against the Raiders. I mean, that's that's a good matchup, right? That's okay. A, that's that's, that's a game me. where we could see that that rivalry 
really come to fruition in turnovers. And sure, that, that would leave us with Mostert. There we go. Because, yeah, Mostert's going to be super, super chalk. But, I mean, we Ridley's going to be not owned. Smith's not going to be owned. Brees is going to be pretty lightly owned. I, I'm not that worried about taking one chalk piece here with uh, Raheem. Yeah, I'm down. And that, that maxes us out. All right, we are entered in, Jacob. We are good to go. Oh, man. Do you have anything else that, that you would like to discuss regarding this DFS slate? Or do you think we have it all covered? I think we're good, man. I, I, we, we covered pretty much everything that, that we possibly could. I mean, I, I, I really I like Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is in a bad play. I, we didn't get to play Kirk Cousins lineup, but that's fine. I'm not upset. Oh, I have one other sleeper I didn't discuss. Who is your other sleeper? Uh, Jonathan Mingo is going to be a uh, big guy for me this week because everybody wants to play Hubbard. Everybody wants to play Phelan. People are going to be playing all sorts this game. Mingo's per route stuff the last two weeks, the week he got concussed, and then when he came back, have been not that far behind Phelan. He's been up over uh, 20% targets per route run pretty comfortably, and he's all the way down in the 3K range. I think he's a, a really strong play. If you're looking for a way to spend down a wide receiver, I think he projects legitimately well, and there's like game theory-based reasons to play him with how much ownership is going to be on Panthers for some fucking reason. Uh, so I uh, I'll, I like Jonathan Mingo a lot this week, even though I like hate Jonathan Mingo as a player. I actually like DJ Chark more than I like Jonathan Mingo, just because I think that they're going to need too. to take yeah. downfield shots. Um, DJ Chark, I think ran the most routes last week, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, he's I cardio just, in. He's a big. He's a big cardio guy this year for yeah, sure. Dude, you don't forget about last year where he had that five game stretch that I called him all five games on. I said keep playing him, keep playing him, and he was crushing it at three K. The issue is he's not three K, but I mean, hey, and hey the pace running, running. Run yeah, <laughs> it actually makes sense to play uh, DJ Chark in, in those lineups with Raheem. I'm totally fine with Chark. I, I, I mean, the exact same reasoning for Mingo applies to Chark. I, I agree. I would rather play either of them than than. Oh, I mean, honestly, Thielen and Zach Ertz are like going to cause me to commit suicide. Like this is it's it is so infuriating watching like Adam Thielen and Zach Ertz, like 30 million years old, just like destroy me every week. Like it's like Adam Thielen and Garrett Wilson are like the same price this week. And, and, and Adam is going to have twice the ownership. And I can't even say that it's wrong. It's, it drives me insane. It's actually been really awesome to watch Adam Thielen just completely destroy it. And I have almost, I think I have less than 5% ownership in best ball of of Adam Thielen, which is really sad for me. 0.5% 0.5% Yeah, it's actually probably not even five. I think five percent is generous. Uh, I was taking DJ Chark everywhere because they were going pretty relatively close. But Jacob, if y'all want to go check out Jacob over there on Twitter, go check him out at Jacob Sanderson. That's J-A-K-O-B. J-A-K-O-B. Go check him out over there on Twitter at Jacob Sanderson. You guys can go follow me over there on Twitter at FF underscore intervention. We'll be coming out with DFS stats, regular season stats, dynasty, all sorts of different stuff. So go check us out over there. Jacob, full hearts, clear eyes, can't lose. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.